Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message today, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Good morning. Okay, let me try it again. Good morning. Much, much better. Much, much better. Absolutely humbled to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Jimmy, thank you so much for the invitation. And to the members of Palmetto Baptist Church, I'm just, uh, I'm honored to be here this morning. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, giving honor to God, uh, to Jesus Christ, our Savior, and to the Holy Spirit. Today, I was asked to be here and talk a little bit about my experience, a testimony from 9-11. And I'll tell you a few things about what that day was like for myself personally. But uh, in the end, I want to tell you a story. And I hope it, it really captures what we, we intended uh, it to do today. And uh, Pastor Jimmy has said, Pat, you got about five, maybe six minutes to speak. And some of the folks out in this audience that know me, I'm looking at one person in particular, he knows me well. Five minutes and Pat Wilson talking just don't add up. But somehow, I'm going to try to keep it somewhere between that and maybe eight minutes. I will try not to go too far over. <laughs> but on September 11, 2001, it's a day uh, that will forever live in our memories. Uh, America suffered. She mourned. How do you remember this day? Much like the video, it showed several scenes and people remembered locations and places they were at. We all probably remember where we were at, the thoughts or the, the, the things that went through our minds as we, we, uh, we uh, saw what happened in New York City and what happened to America. The memories are sometimes difficult, and for many it haunts us each day. Vivid images of those planes careening into the towers, thousands of people covered in dust as they walked through the streets of New York City. We were all hurt. Many of us were angry. But I, I will tell you, I will tell you, even through all that, and I know I, I experienced it. I was, I was hurt. I was sick. I was sad. I cried. But the one thing that event did was bring America together for common cause. On that day and for weeks to come, uh, we all stood strong. And I hope, and for so many of us, we still stand strong. We continue the fight. We continue the fight. We stand strong, embracing the word of the Lord to carry us through. There were many stories of heroism that took place on September 11th in the days and weeks to follow. Simply put, amazing grace took place. For the first responders... Today is a reminder of the great sacrifices that are made each and every day. The ultimate sacrifices that are sometimes made. On that day, there were many public safety officers that lost their lives. In particular, the fire department of New York, or for the firefighters in the room, you know, we call them FDNY. They lost 343 brave souls that day. 
Not only did they lose 343 souls that day, but even today, there's still been hundreds of more firefighters that are suffering from cancer. Over 120 of these firefighters that served on that day and the days afterwards have died of cancer-related symptoms from the World Trade Center towers. So the death toll continues to rise. Nearly 3,000 Americans died on that day. Hundreds injured. 72 law enforcement and uh, EMS personnel were injured on that day. Devastation. It's really simply put. That day I was assigned and working for Fulton County Fire Department. I was assigned to fire station number six, riding on engine number six as the acting officer on the C shift. And I remember uh, one of our officers calling the station, telling us that a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center Tower. And, of course, my first thoughts were, well, a small plane has crashed into the towers. This has happened in New York before. FDNY is going to get up there. Man, they're going to do their business, boy. I'm telling you, we're going to be looking up in just a minute, uh, what we call seeing the cotton. But we're going to see steam conversion. I see a few firefighters in the room, so they're all smiling, so they know. And we're going to see that conversion and know, hey, listen, FDNY got it done because they're the greatest. Those guys are awesome up there. But when you see the, when we we saw the images on, on the television, I knew that was much more than just a small plane. It was a big hole in that building. And then just moments later, as we were eating breakfast and just going through our kind of a normal routine, but like, wow, we can't believe this is a, such an such a event going on in New York. Uh, a second plane came in, and we're watching it live, like many of you all saw on the news that morning. And the sickening feeling, knowing that, hey, this was not going to be a normal day. This was not going to be a regular shift. And, in fact, every shift ever since then has forever changed, forever changed. So enough about me, and I kind of told you a little bit about what my day was like, and uh, it was a, a very unique day. I, I'll never forget, you know, stations being locked down. I mean, it was just a really eerie feeling, and uh, uh, we had uh, uh, we had uh, 24-hour watch that day. If somebody was in the front, we were, and in fact, everybody was up, and we were up all night, and we watched the coverage over and over and over and over again, not only that shift, but for Again, for weeks and months, and really even today, we still sometimes watch that coverage just as a reminder of what happened. But I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about a firefighter in, uh, in the FDY, uh, FDNY department. Uh, this uh, guy I had a chance to meet uh, actually several months ago, and we've began a great friendship. We email back and forth or, or talk with each other on, on a regular basis. His name is Jay Jonas, and some of you guys out here again may have seen his story. But uh, when, I, when, I, when Jay shared his story a few, weeks, a few months ago with me and with uh, many others, I, it was touching. A, 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 just an just a incredible story of survival, but it also let me know and reminded me that God he is in control. God is in control. So let me tell you this story. Jay Jonas uh, was a captain, FDNY, Ladder 6, on September 11th. His company uh, was working in number one trade center tower along with hundreds of other firefighters. Uh, obviously, crews going up and down, looking and searching, helping people out of the building. And uh, Jay and his crew, they made their way to the 27th floor of number one World Trade Center Tower. When they got to the 27th floor, Jay describes 
to us. He says, man, I heard a sound, one that I'd never heard before. And you're wondering, what, what did he hear? Because he kind of leaves you hanging for just a moment. And he says, it was the sound of a 110-story building coming down. It was the tower next to him. The South Tower had just collapsed. Jay knew that they had to make a decision right then about his crew, him and his crew. And he says, guys, you know, we have no communications. We need to leave. And again, for the firefighters in the room, if somebody tells us we got to go, what do we look at them and say, give me one more minute, right? <laughs> hey, all I need is one more minute. Man. We, can keep, we can keep going. We don't want to stop. But Jay knew he had to get his crew out. He knew many people had died. And uh, he made the decision for himself and his crew of five to work their way back down the stairs. And as they did, there were other firefighters that were working through and other crews that were working their way down. And obviously, it was a sense of urgency, I would say. You know, they were wanting to get out, right? We didn't want to die in this tower because if it collapses, we're not going to survive. There's no way we can live, no way we can make it out of this if this building collapses. We know a lot of our brothers and sisters have just lost their lives. Americans have lost their lives in the South Tower. We have to get out of here right away. As they worked their way down, they came across this woman who was having a hard time. She was, she was out of energy. She was tired. She was exhausted. And they stopped. Her name was Josephine Harris. They, they talked to her, and they, and they said, hey, you know, we, they knew, hey, we got to help you out. And she says, you guys go. She basically says, I don't want you all to die for me. I'm, 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 I've lived my life. You can just, just leave me. I'll be okay. You guys leave me. You guys get out. Save your lives. And, you know, these firefighters, they weren't going to leave this lady. They, they picked her up and much with her fussing at them about, uh, about picking her up. And they started working their way down. So you can imagine this slowed their descent down quite a bit uh, as this crew worked their way down to get Josephine out of the building. As they worked their way down, it happened. That discerning sound, rumbling concrete, metal, glass, as World Trade Center Tower 1 has succumbed to the inferno created by the jet that had struck the building. These men prepared to die. As they looked at each other, They started praying. They hugged each other and said goodbye. They knew it was over. They basically were waiting to die. All of a sudden, there was a massive gush of air and dust and debris that pushed them down. One of the firefighters was pushed down a couple flights of stairs. That's just the amount of air. And in your mind, just imagine what it would be like knowing you hear it, you know it's coming, and there's not a thing you can do as a human being. I know as firefighters, we always think, hey, we got to out. <laughs> we, got, we know the answer. We, we're always looking. I got a tool. Something's going to help me here. But there was no way out of this. It was happening. As you can imagine, many of these firefighters uh, 
uh, experience what we would have experienced. The thought of imminent death, you think about your family, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters. Some of these firefighters had long lines of familyhood in the fire department, so they knew others that may have been in the buildings of different ladder or different companies. They also, they prayed to God. They said, God, I know I'm going to die right now. Please make it quick. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer, Lord. Please allow this to happen quickly. But as the building and the debris kind of stopped and the dust was starting to settle, they realized, whoa, I'm not sure if I'm dead or alive. Did I die? The only thing they could see was the, the flashlights and lanterns that were lit that they had brought with them. One of the firefighters thought, was this, was this death? <laughs> or did I survive? I'm not really sure. It's dust and debris. I can't see. My eyes are burning. I'm not sure if I'm dead. I'm not sure if I'm alive. But then as they started talking to each other, they kind of realized uh, they were all alive. All uh, six members, uh, Captain Jonas, his five firefighters, and Josephine, they were all alive. They were covered in dust. They were pushed about. They were in shock. But they were in a pocket of safety. Just as if God had reached down and said, I still have missions for you all. I still have missions for you all to accomplish. Captain Jonas radioed for help. He called the following message. Mayday, mayday, mayday. For firefighters in the room, they all know what that means. When you hear firefighters say that, we know someone's in distress, something's happened, somebody needs help. Normally when we hear that, incident commanders will immediately start talking to you. Where are you at? What's your location, right? We use LUNAR as our, as our acronym, right? What's your unit number? We want all this information. This didn't happen that day. When he called for a May Day, it was 45 minutes before anyone ever responded to this crew. But when they responded, and I, when, when Jay tells the story, I, and I remember him saying, he started naming off the people that talked to him. He knew the voices over the radio. And I, I wish I could say the names of those folks, but he, he could tell you who they are. But he, he could name them off, and he says, uh, the first words he heard were, we're coming for you, brothers. Where are you? And Jay said, we're in World Trade Center 1. You enter through the glass door. You make a right, stairwell B is the first stairway on the left. We're between the second and fourth floor. He repeated this message dozens of times. Now, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? He says, I'll say it again. We're in the World Trade Center 1. You enter the glass door. You make a right, stairwell B, the first stairway on the left. We're on the second or, four, or between the second and fourth floor. Well, you realize that the firefighters outside and the officers outside knew that there was no front door. There was no front glass. There was technically no stairwell B anymore. Jay, one of the firefighters responded back, says, where's the North Tower, Jay? They had no clue. And then Jay says, uh, uh, when he told us this story, he says, <laughs> I know we're in trouble now. They have no clue where we're at. They did not realize the devastation. Could any of you imagine what it would look like that 
two towers, 110 stories tall, concrete, debris, steel, all down in this big pile. You know, I, I could never have fathomed that prior to 9-11-2001. After hours of waiting to be rescued, Ladder 6, along with Josephine Harris, were pulled out of the stairway. They had to cross a treacherous maze of concrete and steel to leave the rubble pile, but they had made it out. They were free. The fact is, God's plan worked as designed that day. Had this crew not met up with Josephine Harris, they would have all died. God had already sent them a guardian angel. On a day of inhumanity, a grandmother from Brooklyn proved to be a blessing in disguise. In an interview with CBS News, uh, Josephine was asked, do you have any idea how grateful these firefighters are to you? Because you had slowed their descent. None of them would have been able to uh, get past that spot. No one would have survived. And she responded by saying, God loves us. He loves all of us. A few days after the attacks, Josephine Harris turned 60 years old. Jay told us they went and actually had the birthday party with her. A milestone at 60 that she may not have met, one without the grace of God, and the members of FDNY Ladder 6. Reminds me of a uh, scripture, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. God is an amazing God. He's always on time. And even in the midst of tragedy, his hands are at work. So no matter the level of tragedy, God is always with us. He was with FDNY Ladder 6 and Josephine Harris on that day and so many others. I will end this message this afternoon with this thought. God is at work in our lives no matter the circumstances. Even when we resist, he continues to work for us. In our most difficult times, when there seems to be no way out, no matter how hard it may seem, God is at work for us each and every day. Thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. God bless, and I always remember and never forget. I love you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Chief Wilson. We are honoring firefighters this morning. I'd like for anyone who is a firefighter or who has been a firefighter, would you please stand so we can recognize you and appreciate you. All of our firefighters, current and former. Appreciate Chief Wilson being here, fire chief for Coweta County Fire Department. About eight years ago, I was preaching in our old building, and I was preaching about who Jesus was. And one of the things I said in the message that morning was, I said, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. I was standing at the exit doors when folks were moving out, and there was a gentleman who waited for me and Finally, he came up to me privately, and he said, 
I disagree with something you said this morning. I said, okay, what part did you disagree with? He said, you said that Jesus is God. He said, the Bible says that Jesus is the Son of God. He said, it's not possible to be God and the Son of God at the same time. You were wrong in saying that. And I said, well, I can understand the confusion about it. I said, from a human standpoint, it's impossible for a man to be a father and yet be his own son as well. I said, that's true. But I said, there are a lot of things in the Bible that don't make sense to us from a human standpoint. And I said, one of the most important things that the Bible says that is incomprehensible to our human minds is that not only is Jesus the Son of God, but at one and the same time, He is God. Now, there's no way we can get our minds wrapped around that. We realize that. But the Bible teaches us that we worship one God who reveals himself to us in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God who reveals himself in three persons. And so Jesus is God. The Old Testament prophets told us that Jesus was God. Isaiah said that he would be called the everlasting Father, the mighty God. The Apostle John said that Jesus is God in his opening verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word... Jesus was God. The Apostle Thomas, also doubting Thomas. You had to prove everything to Thomas. Finally, when he saw the resurrected Jesus, Jesus told him, he said, look, look at the nail prints in these hands and stick your hand in my side to see where, the, where I was, had a pierced side. And Thomas fell to his knees and said, my Lord and my God. Even Thomas was convinced that Jesus was God. The Apostle Paul believed that Jesus was God. He told the Colossian church, he said that that God was pleased to have all of his fullness, that is everything that God is, ingrained in Jesus, his son. And then the miracles that Jesus performed proved to us that Jesus is God. If you know anything about the Gospel of John, you know that from chapters 1 through 11 in John, there are seven miraculous signs that John highlights. And each of these are miracles that Jesus performed that only God could perform. He changed water into wine. He healed the son of a royal official. He uh, raised a paralyzed man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. He fed over 5,000 people with five small barley loaves and two fish. He walked on water. He gave sight to a blind man. And then he resurrected Lazarus from the dead in chapter 11. Those seven miraculous signs. And then as great as they were, that wasn't the greatest miracle that Jesus performed. Because John chapter 20 tells us that Jesus was raised himself. He himself was raised from the dead. It wasn't enough for Jesus just to raise Lazarus. He was raised from the dead as well. All of these things prove to us that Jesus is God. He's not just the Son of God. He's God. And if Jesus is God, then that ought to impact everything we do in life regarding Jesus. It ought to impact whether or not we receive him as our Savior. It ought to impact whether we follow him as a Christian. It ought to impact how we work, how we live, everything about us. We're honoring heroes. Firefighters are heroes. But the ultimate hero is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. And if he's God, and he is, then he 
is our hero. Is he your hero? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for heroes. Those people, those unique, courageous, incredible people who humbly lay their lives on the line for us. They, some of them pay the ultimate sacrifice, and all of them are willing to pay it. Lord, we thank you for firefighters. We thank you for people like Chief Pat Wilson. We thank you for great men and women who serve our, our nation through the, the fire departments. Lord, I thank you that you are our ultimate hero. Lord, there are people here who need to invite you to be their Savior. There are people here who are saved, but they need to rededicate their lives to you as their hero. There are people here today who need to join this church. There are people here today who simply want to come and just worship you because you are our ultimate hero. Lord, I pray that you would continue to show up as we have this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.